Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast from FloorConstructionPros.com. This episode, Becky Schultz talks to Matt Fearon from Genie about how 2019 set up the aerial lift platform industry of 2020. As a starting point, um, can we talk a little bit about where the industry, the lift equipment industry, uh, how it looked in 2019? Um, where were some of the, the biggest opportunities in the industry? Where were some of the challenges? Are there specific trends that you can identify that um, have impacted the industry um, in the previous year? Yeah, the North American market in particular, um, it slowed in 2019, uh, especially in the second half of the year. Um, but it's important to mention that we were coming off of two really big years, 27 and, uh, 2017 and 2018. They were very strong growth years. Um, so uh, in my opinion, what happened is the rental companies in North America, they picked up a lot of fleet. Um, there was a lot of construction work and uh, industrial work, uh, a lot of activity in 17, 18. We came into 19 uh, feeling like it was going to continue. Uh, some uncertainty started to uh, surface in the uh, in the global markets, and so rental companies, I think, were looking at the size of the fleet that they had to manage. They were looking at time utilization. They were looking at rental rates, and actually they were being very disciplined about the way they manage these large fleets that they had, which, you know, as a manufacturer, you always want to sell more. You always want to see it going up. But I think it's healthy for the industry that they are um, looking at the fleet that they have, looking at the not the market just today, but 18 months from now, uh, because they have a lot of responsibility to manage the fleet. So the rental company started to pull back, especially in that second half of the year. Um, and there was just a lot of, you know, there was trade uh, issues going on, the bond market uh, yields that flipped and they um, they started to, uh, you know, talk, oh, is there a slowdown coming and we're approaching an election year at that time. And so you could just feel it from the OEM side. Um, but again, when you look at, you got to look at where we're at in the cycle. You know, you have to take into perspective where we're coming from in 17 and 18. Um, so we don't see this uh, even today as a, you know, a big correction company is coming. It's more of a, a dip or a pause uh, as people just, you know, manage the large fleets that they have. Sure, sure. Uh, and do you see that continuing in 2020 um, as we move forward? Yeah, a little bit. You know, the way that we're looking at 2020 is the uh, the, the softness uh, will continue, especially in the first part of the year. Um, I think election years, typically people are cautious anyways, regardless of, you know, what the uh, what the race looks like. People will just sure. kind of wait, wait and see which way it goes. Uh, but that being said, the rental companies are busy. You know, what I'm hearing from them, when we talk to them, they're like, yeah, there's a lot of work out there. Um, but they are making sure, again, they're looking at a longer horizon and making sure uh, the health of their financial performance is there. And so they're a little bit cautious. Um, you know, as you move around the world, it, it, our two biggest markets are North America and Europe. And it's, it, both those markets, there's a little bit different dynamics. You know, you get Brexit and other things going on in Europe uh, that were keeping people a little bit cautious. Uh, and if you go over to China pr uh, prior to the coronavirus outbreak, the, the China market was just very robust in 19. And, and coming into 20, we were expecting it to be uh, continued extremely strong. Um, but that has been tapped down a little bit uh, because of the coronavirus as it, you know, they struggle to get that 
back under control, which it is now. It's starting to get back uh, a little bit normal. Right. Yeah, I just saw reports that it sounded like they they are starting to get a handle on it and fewer cases are being reported. So, um, great. Uh, looking again, kind of stepping back to 2019 as well, what about other things that impacted the lift equipment market? Obviously, the ANSI standards um, coming into play affected um, equipment design and some of the things that were happening within the lift equipment sector, but can you talk a little bit about that and maybe some other trends that you saw? Yeah, the, the ANSI standards, um, you know, with that uh, <clears throat> working its way, I'm still waiting to see when they actually implement it. Uh, but that aside, it, from a manufacturer's perspective, in order to comply with the ANSI standards, you know, we had to make a, a lot of machine changes. Right. We saw it, you know, from the very beginning as an opportunity to innovate. You know, one of the things that we continue to promote with our engineering teams is purposeful innovation. And so we looked at the standards and we could see um, that there was some neat, there was an opportunity to build in more sophisticated control systems and uh, the underlying control systems on the machines um, have improved. And so that allowed us not only to uh, meet the ANSI standards and provide some functionality that we didn't have before, but we also looked at it uh, from the, you know, what else was going on with the machines. The other big technology that is evolving rapidly is the use of telematics. So we looked at the control systems that we have on our machines and used it as an opportunity not only to meet the ANSI standards, but to innovate with that and build in more capability uh, for our telematics because that's where this industry is going. Um, and you know, so I think if I look at 19, the embedded technology in the machines is getting better. Okay. So where, is, where do you see that heading going forward? Obviously, technology is a big buzzword within all segments of the construction industry, but in, in particular in the, the, the mobile elevating work platforms. Um, can you talk more about where you see that going? Yeah, I think that the, as we get telematics on the machines, uh, what I think that what you'll see happen is it's going to allow the rental companies uh, that, that choose to embrace the technology to manage their fleets more efficiently. Uh, I think it can also help them reduce uh, service calls and eventually get them to a position where they can do predictive maintenance. Sure. Um, all that's going to take time. You have to dedicate resources to it. You have to take the information, distill it down into actionable information. And what we've tried to do is make that easy for rental companies. Uh, we've tried to, we, we surveyed rental operators around the world about how they wanted to manage their fleet, what information were they looking for, and we built those capabilities into those control systems that I referred to. And we are providing dashboards uh, to the rental companies so that if they choose to put resources on it, they have visibility on their fleet that they've never had before. And what's underlying, the, the, the issue that's underlying for the entire industry is a lack of service technicians. Okay, they're just, they're hard to find. Uh, the way the next generation of service technician wants to do work is different than the generation that has brought this industry forward for the last couple of decades. Absolutely. They want speed. They want information at their fingertips. They're not looking for a, a F-250 loaded up with a bunch of parts to go fix things. They want to know in advance. And so 
I think it's exciting because uh, you can see that the entire industry, whether it's an OEM or a rental company or the major contractors, people are starting to embrace that capability. Um, so our intention is to stay on the forefront of that. That's great. Um, what are what do you see as some of the challenges um, going forward, though? I, I, I know that the industry in general, um, it varies in terms of its willingness to adopt new technologies as, as they're coming to the forefront. Can, where do you see some of the biggest challenges that lie ahead? Some of the biggest challenges lie in being realistic and pragmatic about what your organization how much data can they digest sure. and how much data can you distill down to actionable information I, I think that it's you know because you can get you know storing access to data is is way easier the sensors are uh, becoming less and less expensive the storage of data is becoming uh, cheaper so you can easily just overwhelm your entire organization like look at all this data I have sure. what are you going to do with it and so I think everybody's uh, understands that and they're, they're quickly whittling it down to what are the pieces that um, need to that we need to be focused on um, and I do see that that people are figuring it out. Um, I, I do think that um, it's going to continue, and it's it's a learning curve that all of us are going through. Uh, but that's going to be the first challenge: is what do you do with with all this information? Right. Absolutely. What can you tell um, rental operations as they're looking at the advances in technology, whether it's the advances that um, lift equipment suppliers such as Genie have um, incorporated into the equipment, whether it's the telematic systems that are being uh, made available on this, this equipment. How can you um, educate or what can you communicate to the rental operations that helps them to better understand what is the ROI to them in investing in um, the equipment that is coming out here and the technologies that are coming out um, today at the forefront? Yeah, what I would say, um, and it's you know, a lot of rental companies are already doing it, is get started. You know, okay. No matter how small, get started. Um, we want to help. You know, we've invested a lot of time and energy, and we have a lot of experts um, that um, we're willing to share the information that we've gained and walk through the systems that we've got. You know, they're basically uh, plugging what you can use them right out of it. You know, when we're shipping machines, uh, all of our booms, scissors, and telehandlers, they come with telematics and a three-year subscription. You know, all you got to do is log into our portal, and the, the things that you can uh, look at are, uh, are impressive, and they'll help people. I think that it's taking that first step of understanding what's available and trying to use it. Whatever pilot size that you want to start with, just start with something and okay. get the benefits. I'd also say uh, get that next generation of young people running it for you um, <laughs> because they'll be all over it and they'll, they'll, they'll understand um, the technology. They'll be able to you know, uh, filter out based on the more experienced people. Hey, what do I really want to know? Um, it's right there at your fingertips. So I would encourage people to get started at whatever scale they can um, accept. All right. Good advice. Uh, so what do you see coming ahead in 2020 for this particular market segment? Um, or, or maybe even beyond, do you see additional technologies coming out to the forefront? Do you, 
Do you see the ANSI standards going into effect in the near term and, and influencing how um, the lift equipment market is positioned or influencing um, some of the, the ways that uh, rental centers need to educate their customers? What do you see as being some of both these, the, the opportunities coming forward here in 2020 and beyond? And what do you see as some of the bigger challenges that we have ahead of us? Um, well, I think the, you know, the ANSI standards, I do think that they'll get implemented. The, the, you know, the OEMs, we've all switched. You know, so we've already, you know, we have big product lines that we have to manage the supply chain and the engineering, uh, technical documentation, all that. So we've switched and they just haven't been able to pass the standards. So I don't think that's, you know, that's going to move through. Um, and yes, there's definitely some industry training um, that we've all invested in trying to help with. Um, the big thing that I think that you're going to you're going to see continue to evolve is electric and hybrid technologies. Um, it, with electric drive, um, the cost of the components uh, are becoming much more affordable. So you can put uh, electric drive systems uh, into a broader population of the machines uh, and, and drive uh, the rental ROIC. Hybrids, I think that you're going to see that there's a there's a, a pool is going to continue for the hybrid machines um, because we're getting to where the performance of the hybrid machines is as good or better than the diesel machines. But the big driver, in my opinion, is the engines. As we've gone through the different tiers of engine changes, those engines that require the low sulfur fuel, they're kind of stranded in low sulfur diesel uh, markets. Right. That's a huge issue. Okay, and the hybrids that Genie has been developing, we have a 24.9 horsepower Kubota engine, which is a rest of world engine. So eight years, nine years down the road, when you want to get rid of it and dispose of it, it's not trapped in any one market. It can go around the world. Right. Um, so I think that you're you get there's that engine benefit. Uh, there's the efficiency of the, the, the hybrids have the electric drive technology in them. Um, there's also noise benefits. You know, if you listen to a, a diesel engine and if it's in the you know uh, certain work environments, you can just flip it on to uh, full electric mode, completely quiet. Sure. Um, you know, so you see, you look at just all the advantages and the fact that we're getting the cost down. Uh, to the same as a, a diesel machine, um, and you, then you start to look at the amount of maintenance and repair on electric vehicles uh, versus a, a, a diesel-driven machine, you know, everything adds up that there's going to be a pull from the customer base on uh, more hybrid and electric drives. Okay, great. I think that that is um, exciting to hear. I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity out there for that. Um, I, and I do think that there is going to be a little bit of education that's going to be required to, to make um, the customers really understand the benefits, I'm thinking. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that, you know, first of all, if you, I've always looked at the auto industry as being, you know, at least 20 years ahead of us, uh, sure. of the aerial industry. And you can see it in the cars now, right? You know, the, the hybrids and electrics are, you know, becoming much more prevalent. The costs are, are starting to come down. Right. Um, but yes, there's education. You know, I think that uh, the more experienced people have um, with uh, our, I'm talking on the Genie side, the customers that have purchased our FE products, after they have them for a while, 
they get it. They understand there's really not a lot of downside at all okay. um, with these machines. That they they have the full performance. You know, everybody thinks that a big 50 horsepower, uh, 60 foot machine um, is going to outperform uh, a, a hybrid machine with a 25 horsepower. It's not true. You know, if you take it in the mud and you watch it perform, um, the uh, the hybrid um, can do everything that, that diesel, will do, that bigger diesel. Will do. So then if you start, you know, putting in uh, the maintenance uh, piece of it, the noise piece of it, it, it just adds up. So, yeah, we're, we're continuing to educate um, our customer base. Uh, there's definitely an appetite for it. Uh, they, they People are very interested in it. Uh, so I think that trend is going to continue to uh, accelerate. Don't miss next week's podcast. You keep listening. We'll keep digging.